Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Friday, January 26th. Let's jump into today's top stories. Butler announces Associate Vice President, Athletics Grant Leyendecker as Athletic Director. Bulldogs President James M. Danko said, Since returning to Butler last year, Grant has developed incredibly positive relationships with our student-athletes, coaches, staff, supporters and members of the university administration. I had the pleasure of speaking with many exceptional candidates throughout this process, but ultimately, Grant, with his vision, passion, and commitment to our mission and values, stood out above the others. He has a bold vision for Butler Athletics as intercollegiate athletics faces unprecedented transformation. Leyendecker will continue working alongside retiring AD Barry Collier over the next few months and officially assume his new role on May 1. Turnkey's ERG boss Len Perna is stewarding a think tank, which includes the likes of Syracuse president Kent Siverud and billionaire sports-focused investor David Blitzer, to work through what the future of college athletics could look like. Siverud to ESPN's Pete Thamel on the potential of private equity entering the space said, It's been obvious the whole college sports system has been a dead man walking for three years, driven by legal developments. What's going to come out of it is the thing that hasn't been clear. The current system can't continue, it's a dead man walking. I don't look at private equity as perfect or evil. I think we have to look at all the different pieces of the problem. There's a significant financial piece to this. An unnamed Power 5 AD on the same topic said, it's a way of doing business that college athletics has never really engaged in. In the professional world, it's common practice for facilities, projects, and payments. Another anonymous industry source noted, there's four or five venture capital companies all circling. These are big-time places that will come in. It means that if these guys are circling, it means we're not maximizing our revenue. As for Perna, he stated, all forms of investment capital, including private equity, can help grow an enterprise that's properly structured. College sports isn't properly structured legally, politically, commercially, etc. Private equity alone can't fix the core structural problems, but can play a role once they're solved. The difference between our group and other groups is that we're focusing first and foremost on how to correct the big, daunting, holistic structural issues in college sports. The current rubric isn't academically tenable, nor affordable, nor even logical. It's worth the time to explore what alternative models could work better for student-athletes, schools, media partners, fans, etc. Oregon State will play as a baseball independent next season. Beavers AD Scott Barnes said, Given the history, prominence and success of our baseball program as a national power, we are committed to building a national schedule that allows our student-athletes to compete with the best teams and at the highest level possible. We are well on our way to creating this. Arizona's acquisition of the for-profit Ashford University played a significant role in the university's financial crisis, according to an investigation by the Arizona Republic, which found that even though UA technically purchased Ashford for $1, the transactions added roughly $265 million to the school's operating budget in 2023. The investigation also found that enrollment at Ashford, now called University of Arizona Global Campus, has steadily declined over the last four years, and the institution lost about a third of its student body. Interim CFO John Arnold maintains the acquisition has been nothing but a positive financial impact on the university, adding that the UA Global Campus is on track to operate at just a deficit of $2.5 million in 2024. WDRB's Eric Crawford shares some takeaways from the Louisville Athletic Association's meeting today. Football revenue was budgeted aggressively, but still exceeded even those projections. Up 30%. 
Men's basketball was conservatively budgeted but still is expected to post a revenue shortfall in the neighborhood of $2 million. Concessions and parking revenue for football were up $375,000. Gifts are coming in a bit under budget. On the expenses side, Crawford notes, winning costs money. Unbudgeted bonuses for coaches hitting incentives were an added expense. UofL actually took out an insurance policy in the event football won more than expected, that saved more than $300,000. The Holiday Bowl was a loss of $600,000. In regards to football, more fans means more workers and security needed. Meanwhile, due to inflation, travel costs have been $1.8 million over budget for all sports. A Bowman UNIL trading card featuring Iowa women's basketball star Caitlin Clark sold for $78,000 on PWCC Marketplace, per on 3's Jeremy Crabtree, who reports it's the second-highest-ever total for a women's trading card behind only Serena Williams. Collectible experts told on 3 the previous record for a women's basketball trading card was held by former Oregon Ducks standout and current New York Liberty star Sabrina Ionescu at $11,500. The net pro trading card of Serena Williams sold for over $266,000 in 2022. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Friday, January 26th. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.